When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. This one's kind of special for us since it's kind of our anniversary it's Relationship our, Theory <clears throat> episode. 16-year wedding anniversary yes, in two soon. days. Very Although soon. when this comes out, it'll be on yeah, our yeah. anniversary. So happy Actually, anniversary. on our anniversary? Yeah. Well, happy on anniversary Friday. to happy you anniversary as well. Happy anniversary to you. So 16 years. Yes. And I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu. I'm here with my lovely and amazing wife, Lisa Billiou. What's up? And we're about to rock and roll. By the way, if you ever want to hear your question or topic discussed on the show, send it to connect at impacttheory.com. That's connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T yeah. at impacttheory.com. And if you want to remain anonymous, we respect that. Yeah, so, fish ways. Um, Just say, I want to remain anonymous. Yeah. Don't assume, because if you don't say you want to remain anonymous, then we will definitely give you a shout out. Out of love, by the way. But uh, yeah, let us know. All right. So today we're going to do something slightly different. Let's do it. Um, so we have roughly written about 20 bullet points. In fact, let's start again. So you basically had written um, like bullet 50. points. Well, you wrote for main company impact theory uh, and for Quest Nutrition. Truth. And so people kept saying, like, what are the keys to the kingdom on your relationship? And so we're like, we actually should write some for bullet points for our relationship. I don't like the word bullet points, but we've come up with something fancier. We wrote like 50 of them. I um, reduced them and kind of put them together, did the structure. You have not read them yet. You... Yeah, and these are meant to be, so uh, on the normal company side, it's the belief system, the things you need to believe and do in order to be successful, to get your mind right. Um, so it's very similar. It is, you're right, hard to put one single word, but these are the sort of framing device to give you a perspective from which to look at your relationship, the way to think about it, the way to act, um, and yeah, we had written a bunch together, but it was way too long. And now you've pared these down and I'm even hearing the pairing down for the first time. Yeah, you haven't heard the pairing down yet. So there's 20 of them. Um, and these are really things that we discovered over time. Like in these 16 years, we discovered these things. Oh, okay, this actually works. And so how do we put framing around it? And then how do we use that actually in our marriage? Right. So obviously we were bumbling idiots when we first met in relationships and how to figure and navigate. So these really helped. So um, how do you want me to go through these? Do you want me to? Well, I think we just pick a few. Do you want to pick a few? All right. Yeah, do you wanna... and try to be as controversial as possible. Like pick some juicy ones don't pick don't say oh communicate right. obviously hopefully people have heard that before let's get into some like let's rile some people up here homie all right oh god all right so all right, i'm just gonna pull one so number five you are not in school so don't test each other give the keys to the kingdom tell each other exactly what you want that is so you in the wording and go. yes uh, well, it's a, an amazingly good point. So this is something that I think people end up setting each other up for failure because they think that the amount that the person cares about them is tied to how much they remember, their ability to pick up on hints, um, things like that. And so it doesn't factor in just one, how does a person's mind work? So just naturally, like, what are things that they find easy to remember, that they gravitate to, that they obsess over? Um, and then also, it 
you never know what's going on at their, in their life at that moment, something that might be stressing them out or occupying their thoughts, and it does not mean that they don't love you, that they didn't remember your birthday at that moment given what they have going on in their life or whatever, right? So for instance, I have a terrible memory. I might remember your birthday for every day leading up to your birthday. And then on your birthday, there's just something on my mind for whatever reason, and I'll forget. Yeah. And so I always set reminders to remind myself. I may even remember when I wake up. And then by the time I go to reach for my phone, because almost always you're still sleeping, by the time I go to reach for my phone to say like, oh, I, you know, I want to send you this amazing message. And then I reach for my phone and there's like an alarm from somebody or something and then it distracts me. <laughs> and so then by the time I finish dealing with that, then I've forgotten to text you for your birthday. And of course I'm telling myself, there's no way I'll forget. Like it's so in my mind, I'm so excited. And then I do forget. And then as the receiver on that, it is very, especially initially, it's like I would take that personally. Yes. I'd be like that, you know, if, I ca if he cared about me, if he loved me, he'd remember my birthday because it's so special, it's so big for me, and now you don't, so what am I not on your mind? And that's how, in the beginning, we used to be, and you always said, like, just don't test me. I want to make you happy. Right, if but you know that I love oh, don't apologize. If you know that I love you, don't test. Yeah. So, test, testing already says that you're insecure, you're not sure, and you, you need some proof, some exactly, validation. Exactly, yeah. Which, look, if the person needs that, that's a conversation that you need to have, Correct. because, one thing that I've always, and hopefully this is on the list, like the way you make the other person feel. Oh, it is. Number four. In fact, read it out. Oh, but we haven't finished this well, one yeah, yet. Well, yeah, but I want to see like All if right. we're actually Make sure the some... other person feels, and it's in bold and underlined, nice. just like how you said it, like you're number one. There is a difference between hearing it and feeling it. Words are not enough. Hashtag truth. High five that one. Nicely done. Um, yeah, so getting back to bullet point number five. Um, that is so important. So don't test them. I'm operating from the position that you've already dealt with number four, which is that you really do feel you've over time earned the reputation that you do love the person, that you put them first, that um, in, in not everything, but like in every possible way, mm -hmm. you're just trying to make them feel good about themselves, to feel good about the relationship, to really at a visceral level have internalized that. And when that's the case, then the testing becomes something where you're just setting them up for failure. Um, and so want them to win. And that was always a big thing for me is like, I don't need you to remember my birthday. It all comes down to is want them to win. Yeah, is that on there? <laughs> I saw your point. face. <laughs> um, it's really interesting. It goes to show these are right on the money. By the way, this is a very good way for you to like make sure that I approve <laughs> the bullet points. Consider it. <laughs> she was You're hammering so me earlier because uh, I've been deprioritizing this to go through the bullets. And I didn't want anything to go out that I hadn't fully signed off on. And so this is good to take the episode and literally That's go through actually, it one by one. Yeah, I didn't even so, think about it. Um, but Watch yeah, it all. so all of those are, are cash money. Just set the other person up for success. Yeah. Want them to win, don't But test. I think it really is interesting though in assessing why it bothers you. So for instance, I would go and get my hair done and this is before we even started Quest. And so I wasn't seeing you much and I wasn't mm. getting hardly any of your attention, right? By the time you got home, you were just tired, so there wasn't much engagement. And I would—I remember I would go out and get my hair done and feel like, oh my God, he's, you know, I'm gonna look mm. so beautiful for him. I'm really gonna catch him off guard. I'm gonna surprise, you know, like, I'm gonna blow him away when he gets back from work and he's had this hard day and I'm gonna be sitting there, you know, maybe dress sexy with my hair done. Maybe not even dress sexy, just like having my hair done and feeling really good about myself. And then you would come home and not say a word. And I used to get upset over it. 
And before we could really navigate and understand why and everything like that, I remember then you went on to setting alarms. So I would say like, I'm gonna, gonna go get my hair done tonight. And you would set an alarm in your phone, she's got her hair done. And I remember it got to the point where one time I walked home and it was dark and I walked into the kitchen because you remember our entrance was in the kitchen out the back um, when I would come from outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd pull up in the car and I would come through the kitchen. The kitchen light was off and I remember opening the door and you're like in the other room, you're like, oh, babe, your hair looks lovely. And I'm like, the light is off and you're in the next room. You can't even see me. But it made me laugh because it made me realize you're trying. And ultimately, okay, the fact that you're trying means that you do care. So there's a something fundamental that I'm missing here. And it's that you don't, just because I've got my hair done doesn't mean that like you're paying attention, but it doesn't mean that you don't find me attractive or you don't love me or want to give me attention. And hopefully this is an insight. It's not even that. There is something to the fact, and I read a study on this once and I don't remember any of the data, but there's something to the fact that a guy can open a cupboard, look right in it and not see the thing that mm -hmm. he's looking for. The female that, brain? Yeah, that's is that they yeah. cover it? Mm -hmm. So that's a real thing. So it isn't that I'm not paying attention, right. it's that I'm not paying attention to that. But because Correct. women do yeah. take in those details, mm -hmm. they are so self-evident to them and they confuse it with paying attention mm -hmm. instead of just this is how we're wired that it it's so like apparent to them that they take it to mean something when the other person doesn't see it. When in reality, it's like, I'm like engaged in something else with you. I'm locked under your eyes. I'm not like, take for instance, this is a perfect example. It really bothers me to the core of my being. No matter how many times you and I play the what's different in these two pictures, Oh, You'll beat me. The compare the like, difference. I, I, I can't even keep up. Like if there's seven things, I'll be in the third thing and you'll be done. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this possible? Like I'm literally racing. I'm putting everything I have into this and I can't beat you ever. Yeah. Never once. We've done, I mean, how many of those have we done? At one point, like I used to keep bringing them because I was like, I'm going to get so good at this. I'm going to beat her. And I've never once identified them faster than you. But understanding that about you or guys in general actually allowed me to not take things personally anymore. Rightly so, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like once you understand, it isn't that I'm not paying attention. Right. It's that like, I don't know why I can't process the information as fast mm -hmm. as you can, mm -hmm. and it really bothers me, but I can't. And so to be upset by that and right. to think that it means something, right. that it think, to think that it is a commentary on how much I love you, is to so fundamentally misunderstand the other person at like a biological human level that you're you're getting yourself in a twist over something. And then the other person's gonna get defensive. So if you're like, I remember it used to wind me up that you wouldn't notice my hair and yet you'd get pissed at me if I didn't notice yours. And I'd be like, but you didn't notice mine. And you'd be like, yes, I did, I always notice. And so I started tracking. You wouldn't say shit, not for days. And so I was like, I don't wanna hear this anymore. Like. Because I, it never occurred to me mm. that it meant that you weren't paying attention to me. Mm. So the fact that that's how you were reading it mm. was like, this isn't fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the last thing to add to that is it made me realize like, okay, if I'm really bothered by this, like what's really going on, right? It's not about my hair. What is really going on? Okay, I'm feeling neglected. Okay, I don't have enough time with you. I don't have your attention. And so in trying to grab your attention, my strategy was bad right? Because I was trying to grab your attention and that's actually not how to grab your attention. But 
it made me analyze why I was feeling the way I was and it got down to the core of, okay, I'm feeling neglected. Okay, so how do we deal with that? It's not test, right? It's not like, is he gonna notice if I do this? Because then that means he loves me. It's okay, no, babe, I really need your time. I need a date night. Please book an hour, two hours. Make sure that you don't have schedule and I'd really want you to put your phone down. Like being honest of what I want and then you then reciprocating, I think is the best way to really build that relationship so you don't feel like you're on opposing sides. Too true. Um, all right. So let's pick another one, shall we? Oh, I like this one because this one, I think, surprises people. Go to bed angry. It's okay to disagree and take time to get your head straight. Remember, you are in it for the long haul. And so a night of rest and clarity may be exactly what you need. Persuades. <laughs> like, I'm not even sure there's more to say on that. It's, uh-huh. You're absolutely correct. Nailed it. Uh Getting that space from a neurochemistry standpoint, like understanding that a lot of times the momentum that's generated in the argument, the thing that's carrying the argument on is, isn't that the other person's wrong or that you're wrong, it's that you're pissed. Mm. And when you're pissed, it's like you're gonna take everything in a certain way, right? My obsession about frame of reference makes all the difference. And when you're mad, then your frame of reference is the other person's wrong, they're antagonizing you, they're being mean, they're whatever. And now every word out of their mouth is framed that way. Like a million times you and I have gotten in an argument where one of us is legitimately trying to like be chill and to like reverse out of it. And, but the other person, because they're still mad, takes that like acting calm as acting fake or whatever. Mm, or not and so, caring. Right. So then it just like keeps escalating. And so just stopping, parting ways, going into the other room, going to bed, whatever the case may be, oftentimes lets all that just dissipate and then you almost can't remember why you were mad you can't recapture the feeling it becomes very easy to bond and connect again um and so yeah going to bed mad is a very good strategy what about people though that they argue and then when they separate they actually build up to be a hell of a lot more because both of us we kind of calm down we get clarity then we come together but there are some people that actually do the opposite where they like they repeat things in their head and then it becomes much bigger than it was before would you still say go to bed angry for sure no one can hold on to that neurochemistry unless what they're doing is hardwiring it into bitterness long term yeah and there Mm. are definitely people that do that but if they're doing that over every little argument like you've got such a deep and fundamental problem with the way that you're approaching life, you're not ready for a relationship. I mean that truly. Like they would need to begin unpacking that, unwinding it. It's such a bad strategy. Seek therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy is exactly what you need. Like every emotion, good or bad, dissipates over time. It is only when someone allows them to obsessively hold on to something, repeat it in their head, give it meaning, and now they're attaching meaning, they don't love me, this is more proof. Mm. And then when somebody's like, no, you know, it doesn't mean that, like, come on, let's go have a girl's night or a guy's night, and they're still like, no, 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 like, this is what it means, and I know it, and I knew I should have never gotten with them. And even as people are trying to, like, help them, they're just reinforcing it and telling the story over and over. It's the telling the story Mm. that's the problem. Mm. It wasn't the getting space. It's that you have a horrific strategy of you're gonna double down, you're gonna give it meaning, you're gonna storytell, you're gonna repeat, you're gonna externalize, you're gonna embody. Like when you're doing all of those things in a negative direction, it is, it is a catastrophic life strategy. That is not a person who's ready for a relationship. Yeah, truth. 
Um, all right, next one, number 14. Contempt is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Don't let dust settle, ever. Hashtag truth. You want to give us this one? No, go for it. You want me to go yeah, for it? Yeah, because the There's four horsemen There's a listener right now the... going, why does he go first Oh, I want you to. Anyone listening, I want him to. Oh, especially because you were the one that wrote... Well, no, you the... say it like, maybe there's people listening? <laughs> Just in case someone's listening. Um, so, the, I forget the author's name, and for sure somebody listening remembers it. Uh, but there was a guy who did a really famous breakdown of the four things that um, cause relationships to disintegrate. One is stonewalling... I forget the other two, and then contempt is the fourth one. Um, and he said contempt is the worst. And if he sees contempt, he knows it was something like with 95% accuracy mm. that they'll divorce within two years or something like that. Um, and so contempt is is really the final stop on the train of somebody who's let dust settle, which is how you and I think of it, where it's usually small stuff. Like it's something little, but you didn't like really clear it up. You didn't really forgive it. Like you quote unquote, let it go, but you didn't forgive it. And because of that, it's like it just builds up and builds up and builds up over time. And no one speck of dust is a big deal, but 10 years of dust building up is a freak show. And so most people live in that world where they just let all those little things build up and now they're contemptuous towards their partner. Um, And that is when you no longer, like, this is not obviously how the dictionary would define contempt, but I will give it to you. You no longer want your partner to win. You so think ill of them that you want to poke and jab at them with your every word. Um, And you think they're ridiculous and you want other people to see how stupid and ridiculous they are. And men, when I see that in couples, it it breaks my heart. Like, a, a deep sadness washes over me because I can think of no worse way to live then the person you have the, the closest physical proximity, forget everything else, forget the missed opportunity to love, all of that. The person you have the closest physical proximity to, you don't like, and you don't want to be around them, and they trigger negative feelings in you. You don't have to live that way. And to, to think how many people spend decades of their life in a place where the person with the closest physical distance to them makes them oh, that so unhappy, good. and yeah. they want to see them unhappy, like... It's just a tragedy. It's, it, it is a tragedy. That is the right word. Mm-hmm. You have one life and to spend it like that. So, yeah, contempt is, is dangerous. And it, what leads people down that path is they think, oh, well, I'll just avoid contempt. Like, it, that's such a long way off and it's such a big emotion. And they don't realize that every day in a thousand small little ways, mm-hmm. it's addressing something small. And it's really like talking about it even when it feels like, oh, God, I'm making a mountain out of this molehill. And then, and then, and then, this is the big one, really, really forgiving and letting it go. And, and you know, this is when you're the person who's being wronged and offended. Um, but really forgiving them and forgiving yourself and truly letting it go and being absolutely at ground zero and like knowing in your soul that I'm never going to bring this up again. I'm never going to punish them for this. I'm not going to use this against them. And that's something really that's interesting. Another one, and I, bullet point. Really? Yeah. Give it to me. Number two, there is no control Z. I quite like that one. I came up with that. <laughs> Which means um, never ever use their vulnerability and honesty against them. Once you break that trust, ever even once, it's hard to go back. Yeah, it's interesting. So... I love the things that you're putting in, like there's no control Z, 
but there needs to be a control Z. And that's really what I'm talking about right now. Ooh. So let's say the very thing, and, but mm. you're so right. Oh, you're so that. right that it's so hurtful. And if you can stop yourself from doing it even once, you, you will be grateful you did. But what happens when you fuck up? Like if there is really no way to unwind it, you're done. And so that's interesting because you've never used any vulnerability. No, and I'm so afraid. Actually, I think I did once. I don't remember what it was, but I have a memory of you saying with that hurt face that you get, I can't believe that you used that against me. Wow. Yeah. uh, I'm like building it up in my mind 100% because that's you. And 100%, I don't even remember what it was, but I remember that I made you feel that way. And I was like, I don't ever want to make her feel like that again. I think it was you teased me. Maybe. That's this was really... so early in our relationship. We mm. weren't even married. Oh. But like, because I remember we were in your, uh, the bedroom you grew up in. Wow. But that's how much it really upset me that I was like, whoa, I didn't mean to. I'm mm. not a cruel person mm. by nature. Like, but knowing that you felt like you had given me a weapon and here I was using it against you. Wow. And I'm impressed that I let it go then because I don't remember at all. That's very good. And it's possible that I've upgraded something in my I mind wonder, as a way to yeah. remind myself, like, don't even walk up to that edge. Yeah, I was going to say, um, like, if you would upset me. Right. And it's that really stuck with you. But knowing that, and this, is, this isn't an excuse to give, it's not like a get out of jail free card for right. abhorrent behavior. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, especially with things like that, knowing that you can make up for it and that the other yeah. person will let I it go is so important. But at the same time, like, I get, I get where the impulse to put that comes from, which is, this is real life, man. And when you say something, like, it's, it's now been said, and maybe mm. you can heal and get past mm. it, but it has been said. And it may like me, it's maybe it damaged me more than it damaged you. Mm. And that's something to really be cognizant of because if you use somebody's vulnerabilities against them, you're going to be on edge that they're going to do it to you. And so you won't want to be vulnerable. Yeah. That that's now allowed in your relationship. And the second that that becomes allowed, then I think people would reciprocate out of like, if someone jabs you, you just try to jab them back out of protection. Yeah, I remember like my ex-boyfriend, um, he used to be so jealous and I, I just wasn't a jealous person. But eventually I became jealous because I'm like, oh, well, mm. if he's jealous that I'm talking to a guy, now he's talking to a girl, then it must mean something because he's putting so much weight to it. Right. So like I would reciprocate even though I actually wasn't a jealous person. And there's something actually, it's not on my list, um, but you said about when I asked the question, you said, why don't you answer? Because people are going to think... Um, that you're taking over, it's interesting about perception. So if you hadn't have said that, some people may have thought, hey, he's always stepping on her, why doesn't he let her talk? I don't think like that though. So perception is so important because when you're in a relationship, you may think something's one way and your partner actually just doesn't perceive it like that. So you guys, one person may get offended and the other person doesn't even realize that they're being offensive. And this actually came up, so I went to lunch with a girlfriend yesterday And she was talking about one of the problems with her exes um, as an example of like, hey, she wants the guy to really like man up. She didn't use those words, but that's really kind of what she was saying. And she's like, for instance, he always wanted me to walk ahead of him. And as she's telling, do you know where I'm going with this story? Well, I mean, I have a rough idea. So she's like, you know, and I just, I always, I want the guy to lead. And like, so the fact that I was always ahead of him really said something about our relationship. And I was like, it's so funny because Tom always wants me 
to walk ahead of him, but I want him to walk ahead of um, ahead of me because I want him to lead. Um, but the reason why you want me to walk in front of you is because you want to protect me. If someone like, if you're walking ahead and I was behind you and on. someone, yeah, you can see what's going on. So I actually take that as a like, that's so sweet of you to come from a protective standpoint and that's why you want me to be ahead. But she took it and she said, no, that's actually not what he was doing. He really does want me to lead in our relationship. But it just goes to show those two acts, how one couple can do it for one reason, but another couple are completely different. So I think that that's just a great takeaway for anyone listening of like understanding where your partner's coming from and why they do what they do is I think extremely important for the relationship because they may just have a different way of seeing it than you do. Yeah, it still winds me up that when I open doors for you and let you walk ahead, you're like, no, 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 you go. Yeah. Drives I do. me I want bananas. You to leave me. I'm happily uh-huh. like I have homie. <laughs> I'm I saying have absolutely no problem leading. In fact, yeah. that's the position I want to be in. It is the dynamic yeah. in our relationship. But that even this deep into our relationship, mm-hmm. it's still like a visceral moment for both of us. Like I, st- it makes me feel good to hold the door open and have you go, which I like. And, and then I want you, but to yet you ha- protest. No, I, that, I don't protest Happily, the door. Happily, go in front, and then I'll run around you if I need to. So open but the you, door. <laughs> and the funny thing is, and I do that sometimes now, and I think anybody watching this is going to think I'm some asshole who has to be in front of his woman. Yeah, I mean, again, going back to perception, though, yeah. it's like you need to really deal with the relationship you have versus like this is how the world perceives it, so this must yeah. be right. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know why I thought of that, but I thought it was actually quite important. Um, all right, next one. Let's have a look. Oh, this is a good one. We've spoken about it before, but I really do like it. Number 15, be selfish. So take selfish time. Don't be bashful about taking care of your own needs. If you are not happy, then how can you expect to bring that to your relationship? That's super powerful. Tell them more, clown. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, we play, I mean, we've spoken about this before, but we play the game Selfish Desire. And almost every Saturday, I think without fail, we sit down and we say, okay, what are your selfish desires and what are my selfish desires? And that means what do you want to do, not taking the other person into account? Like, don't even worry, but what do you want to do? If it's you want to go hang with your mates and you want to play video games and that's and you want to go out drinking with the boys then that you have to be honest and say what exactly you want and then we try to find a happy medium where we can make the two coexist so if you want to read and i want to go swimming for instance then we'll say okay why don't you bring your book down by the pool i'll swim you'll be sitting aside reading but i feel like we're hanging out together um or if we can't coexist in certain things like that, it will be like, okay, you want to go do this selfish thing. You go off for an hour or two hours. I'll do my selfish thing. And then, hey, let's meet back up at 4 p.m. and let's do something together. Um, or another one that I really like. This is actually my favorite because I think that we both win on this is um, basically you scratch my back, I scratch yours. So I want you to come shopping with me for an hour. I know that you hate shopping, but I want you to come and I want you to help me pick an outfit that I'm wearing to X, Y, and Z. And then in return, I'll give you an hour to do whatever you want. And it is, we've done this before, and I've never seen you so excited about helping me shop before. Like you were, you were taking things off the racks and you were like, babe, what do you think about this? And I'm gonna put this in your dressing room. And I'd get to the dressing room and there'd be like five shirts that you picked out and you'd be like, oh, I think you look really pretty in this. 
And like you were so engaged. And I think it was the encouragement that, hey, when we got back home, I'll do whatever you want for that, you know, for the hour. That's how I got you into video games. It is how you got me into video games. So, but I just think that that's one of those, um, if you can do it with excitement, because it breaks my heart when I go shopping and I watch these guys. And on, I mean, see it so often. The guys, they pull out their phone, they're sitting down and they look miserable mm. and they're just waiting for the time to pass. And I think to myself, you work so hard. I work so hard. I couldn't imagine wasting an hour of your time where you just look that miserable. Like, that's just not fair. But hey, I still want you to come shopping with me. So how do I get what I want out of it? All right, I'll do... And that's really a two-part thing. One is it's a great strategy to do you scratch my back, I scratch yours. And then second, for the person who is, you know, doing the back scratching at that moment is to do it with enthusiasm Mm -hmm. so that the other person will reciprocate. And I mean, that's just, that's just smart. A, it's more fun. Like anytime you allow yourself to get enthusiastic about something, even if that wasn't your default state, it's going to make it more fun. So going and moping and being miserable while you shop is not, mm-hmm. it's not as fun for me right. as going and getting excited and picking things out and finding some way to like engage with it and have a good time and just being jovial, like just be jovial. It, it is shocking how much that helps. And speaking of shocking, People would be shocked if they've never played this game, especially if you're a pleaser. If you're in a relationship with another pleaser, yeah. which we are, like it's ridiculous how paralyzing it can be where you like don't want to say what you really want to do because you really want to make the other person happy and like, but they want to make you happy. And so nobody's saying, and it got so fucking exhausting that finally I was just like, yeah, just say what you want selfishly. You be selfish, I'll be selfish. We're adults, we'll figure it out from there. And I think people will be really surprised how often either you saying exactly what you want selfishly actually gets the other person excited and they're like, oh, that actually sounds super rad. Or where they really are diametrically opposed that you can still find a way either to do your swimming example where you're doing the same thing in the same space Mm. and it's just nice to be together. And then other times where it's just a straight tit for tat. And this, this is one of those things that I think our legacy in this, this is gonna be one of those top things, selfish desire. Mm. The way that I've seen it spread through our we own family. We need to like family, trademark that. Can we trademark selfish desire I think you can time? trademark pretty much anything. All right, so, let's trademark it. Trademark, there it is. Selfish desire, TM. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, we've done that so many times where we just figure out, because I remember, I actually used to take offense because you would work so much, and this is even before Quest, so we weren't really interacting much because you were just gone all the time. And then when it came down to you know selfish desires, you'd be like, I just want to play video games. And at the time, I didn't play. So I'm like, okay, so the one thing he wants to do is without me, and I would take it personally. Oh, God, I remember that. And then you used to be like, okay, but babe, what do you want to do? Like, how? what is the selfish thing you want to do? Okay, you want to spend time with me? You want to just like lay outside and soak in the sun with me? All right. If you, I'll do that with you for an hour, but then you will come and play video games me, with me for an hour. And it kind of took that one thing that you always wanted to do that like I just felt like I was left out. You engaged me, I became part of it, and now we it's like a bonding time for mm. us. Or because you work so much, a big thing is that I'll watch TV. Like I like my... Um, murder mystery TV and all my you know, Netflix shows. Bloodbath TV. This woman watches like <laughs> psycho murder dramas literally on the nights where I'm trying to go to bed before you and I'm hearing, ah, ah, 
and someone's being murdered. I'm like, good lord, how do you watch this right before bed? It's great. It is, it's it a is great bedtime. Literally theory. a mystery to me that that's what you watch right before bed. Yeah, anyway, I that's do. a total derail. Yeah. But, but yeah. I will watch that. That to you is crazy. So you will either right want to work. Bed, it's crazy. But you'll like either want to work, read, read a comic book, watch videos like on YouTube or something. And so we've come to a point where you'll sit next to me, you'll put your headphones on, you get out your laptop or your comic books or whatever, you do your thing. I'm watching TV, but like I've got my leg on you. Just like hooked on your knee. Mm. Like that just to me feels like bonding time. And so if there's times where you have to work, like that's how I connect with you. So things like that, it doesn't have to be everything like or nothing. Um, I think there are ways that you can, you know, that's how we basically coexist with each other. Um, so, yeah. I liked your little screaming thing. All right, so the last one, number 20. This is the last one. Um, nothing lasts forever. So enjoy each phase for what it is. I think that that's where a lot of people struggle, especially when they first start dating. They've got all that excitement of the first date, mm. like they've taken a hit of cocaine, they're so excited, and then a year down the line, one of the person's bored, and I think that boredom then, you know, can spiral into many things, sadly, affairs and things like that. So the one thing for us is like, we really do appreciate the moments that we have. So each phase that we are in, even now with the phase that we're in at Impact Theory and living in the house with every, the whole team here, like we're enjoying these moments in just our relationship and in the company as well. Um, what is your advice on that and how people can get out of the well, rut? Well, I only agree with half of that statement. So mm. in a relationship, I actually think it's dangerous to say nothing lasts forever because that makes the underlying foundation of the relationship quite shaky. So I think that mm. you can choose to make the relationship last forever. Like if I live forever, my l literal intent is to live forever with you. Mm. And going into our marriage, when I say that things come together, things fall apart, that's like a totally separate thing to this. The second half of this I think is very true, which is enjoy every phase for what it has to offer. So definitely there are ebbs and flows in a relationship. There are changes, seasons change. There are some things that come around that are cyclical and there are other things that truly they go. So the beginning of our relationship when we were so new to each other and the intoxication of new love, like that doesn't come back. I don't think that's a cycle where you loop back around because it changes into something that I think is far more profound and enjoyable, which is that shared experience, that, that love that is so multifaceted, that it's raw sexuality all the way to like you're throwing up and I just want to be there for you and I want to take away your pain, right? Mm -hmm. Like to me, those exist in this like glowing neon ball of like all these intricate and ever-changing colors mm. and it's beautiful and wonderful and hard and difficult all at the same time. That to me, the complexity of that, like nothing rivals that in its majesty. Like it is just so fucking awesome, but it's very different than that cocaine-like just obsession that you have when you're first in a relationship with somebody where it's like, you don't even know if you need to eat. You just want to be with them. It's totally, totally different. Both are awesome. And I'm way glad that we had that beginning cocaine-like experience. Mm. I would never trade it for what we have now, mm. but I enjoyed that phase knowing that it was going to become this. And I know that even as we age and the sexual nature of our relationship will 
inevitably change, even if only in frequency and probably position. Hey. Um, <laughs> wow. Hey, I'm trying to follow your lead here, <laughs> with uh, the mention of that which shall not be screamed at the top of my lungs, like in the, what, two episodes ago, where you <laughs> left me in shock. Um, so that is like understanding that, understanding that the phases change and I don't, I resent things that make me long for a different part. And so I try mm. to always really sink into the moment to where we're at. And even if it's a hard time to remember, well, this is where we grow stronger. And so to not want to just, um, you know, flee or turn away from it, but to lean into figuring it out, like take your tummy and, and the year that essentially didn't exist for us. And like, Instead of saying, I want to turn away from this, I want to escape this, saying, I want to become somebody that I'm proud of in this moment. I want to figure this out and I want to go through this together and I want to eat the way you're having to eat so that, you know, I'm with you experiencing this and admittedly never went as hardcore as you did, partly because you told me not to, oh, yeah. but definitely I dramatically changed the way that I was eating and the frequency that I cheated and everything to really feel connected to you um, and to feel like we were in it together. Um, and that kind of stuff, I think, is really, really important. So uh, making sure that people do take the time to, if you've got young kids and it's a nightmare, to really enjoy it and to remember that that phase is going to be gone before you know it. And when the kids leave the house, instead of like mourning, you know, that and, and fearing being in an empty nest, to re-enjoy that freedom that you had and to connect in a new way and, you know, to really just harness the energy and of each phase and to find something, find the beauty in it, not even to find something. There is beauty in every phase and to really look for that and to really cultivate it and embody it and feel it, um, I think is really, really important. And if you can go into the relationship knowing that, like we did when we really had our eyes open about, okay, this young love thing is gonna pass. It's awesome and let's enjoy it and we're not hungering for it to go away, but we know that it will. And so I'm not going to take it as a sign that there's something wrong with the relationship as this begins to mature and deepen um, and become less sort of all-consuming. And as our life recalibrates to where ambition is, you know, present in, um, in a bigger way again, that, you know, we can rock through that. And that the first time that you get sick and you're just, you look gross and you feel gross, that you don't feel that somehow that damages the relationship where it might early, like really early. So yeah, that, if, if I could sum up my life philosophy, it would be around that, like that, that the winter isn't worse than the summer. It just is different. And if you can learn to, to really relish the beauty in each phase, then you'll really find joy in your life. All right, so <clears throat> you're Mr. Tactical. Yeah. So you've got someone in a relationship, they've been in it for about two years, <clears throat> they're not feeling that like super like spark, the cocaine mm -hmm. hit, and they really want that back. Yeah. What do they do? Ask themselves if, they're, if they have an addictive personality. Okay, and if they say yes. Oh, then they need to be really careful. And they need to recognize that what they're longing for is that ultra acute, hyper amplitude, emotion of um, the beginning of a relationship and they will find themselves eternally in that cycle and because I have never met somebody that on a long timeline was satisfied with that cycle I would say it's probably best to deal with the fact that you have an addictive personality and to put um, just strategies in place 
to not find yourself in that endless mm -hmm. loop. Um, or <clears throat> if you know, hey, until it isn't fun anymore, I do want to keep doing this. Well, cool. Then you know that about yourself. You know that you like the beginnings of things and to not be, to, to recognize that your life will just loop back to that beginning and mm -hmm. that the moment the thought of that doesn't sound good anymore, then you really have to address it in your personality and thusly in your behaviors because otherwise you will just find yourself back at that start again. Um, and I'm not saying they don't exist, but I am saying I've never met somebody that was like, oh, wow, I just wanted to keep looping around. Instead, they're saying things like, why can't I ever find somebody right. that like really fits me and gets me? It's not that. It's in the times that I have heard it, it's always been somebody who really loves that cocaine ride mm -hmm. and does not know how to transition out of it because mm -hmm. they do have an addictive personality and they need those ultra highs. So what if you don't have an addictive personality, but it's just a feeling that is... Um, you love and now people are worried like is this actually something wrong with my relationship because I don't if feel I'm like honest that. so if I reach into the universe of what I know about human beings there really is something wrong with their relationship and mm -hmm. it almost certainly has to do with communication it has to do with wanting to have won them over in the beginning so they weren't completely themselves it had and and that is not sustainable and it has to do with dust settling and so the sheen begins to wear off on that person and they really are getting irritated and they're marching ever towards contempt that's real that is really how they feel mm -hmm. for that person and so that really isn't fun and that really is a problem in your relationship um, so, and it's, you know, striving every day to be a better version of yourself and incorporating that growth into your relationship. It's feeling like somebody's number one. It's making all the sacrifices in the relationship worth it. And so often people aren't doing the things like you've been talking about with these bullet points to make sure that being in the relationship is rad. Mm -hmm. Like being in a relationship should be rad. Yeah. And like, it doesn't mean that every element of it is rad. Relationships are full of compromises. But if on balance, you're even like, God, is this worth it? Like, I can honestly say in this relationship, since I proposed, before I proposed, I actually did ask the question, is this worth it? You used to get Which sick a lot. A hundred percent. But from since I proposed, I've never once thought, is this worth it? Mm. And that's such a fucking awesome feeling to have something be so overwhelmingly positive, but it's because we work at it. It's because that we embody the joy and the excitement and the love for each other and that we invest in those emotions and we make sure that we deal with and then let go of negativity, that we force ourselves through cognitive behavioral therapy techniques to just think positive shit instead of criticizing, to compliment. And you know, when you, um, when the other person has something that's important, that they say it and that then you invest, that when you're scratching their back, that you do it with enthusiasm. Like all these techniques that play into making the relationship rad on an enduring basis makes it all worth it. Mm. Word. Word? Word. Is that the end? That is. We're out of time. It's not the end of the bullet points, though. There's I have many plenty. more. I have many more. And she tricked me into going through half of them, so we're that much closer to getting yes. them released. And let's do so. part two next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about strategy. That's belief. good. That's smart. Did you take notes, though, on the ones that we need to tweak? Yeah, well, yeah. I remember. So I can re I can re-listen to the episode. Yeah, true. Um, and then one thing I want to add before we close is recently, in fact, last weekend, our day was we sat in bed with a little um, 
converter, video converter, and we watched mm. old videos of when we first got together. Yeah. And I'm still emotional over that. I need to better understand like, how much that's impacted why that you. It, yeah, I don't understand exactly why. And it hit me, but it didn't hit me like it hit you. It hit me so much, I look at you slightly differently. That is so weird. Like, with even more, I'm not like, even sure what to take from But that. even more like emotional connection. Because I've grown? Like, I because don't understand. Of, yeah, I think because I, I see us as like, we were such kids, babe. I was so embarrassed, though. Our clothes were hideous, our fashion was terrible, but... I don't know, just like the way we spoke to each other, it seemed new. Like even the words that I called you, like you call me sweetie, you never call me sweetie now. So it, it just gave me a sense of when we first met, which was actually really warming. Cause it's like, wow, we really have come far. Like mm. look what we've built. You know, we're seeing little things. I'm that like, I thought was dope. Seeing like how small our apartment was. Yeah. Our and apartment tiny. would literally fit in like our kitchen now. Oh, it's, it's, it's the size of this studio. Yeah. So, it, but anyway, it, it made me feel so emotionally connected to you, way more than photos do. So if anyone's listening, they have old videos of them and their partner. Like, I hope, like, you should go back, make a date of it. Yeah, and um, whatever and date watch. now is, start taking photos and videos yeah, right Yeah, videos now. especially, though, that really yeah, hit me. True. So, but I just mean, go back, if you've been in a relationship already for a while, try to find old videos and sit with your partner and watch them. Um, at least for me, like, I just, I... Over this last week, like I just stare into your eyes a little more. Hmm. I don't know why. But Very there we have it. All right. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to follow us socially, you can follow me at, at Tom Bilyeu. You can follow Lisa at, at Lisa Bilyeu. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, please do subscribe. It makes a very big difference to us and the visibility and we can get more people into this amazing community, we would really appreciate it. So if we've added any value to you guys and you want to say a thank you, that would be the most amazing thank you ever. Go subscribe to the podcast. Or the one thing I will say is maybe screenshot the podcast as you're listening to this and then post it on your IG story. There you go. That would be amazing. (laughs) Just to make it a little more complicated. I like it. Cool. Any other housekeeping items? No, that's it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Again, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys. Thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.